Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams Podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and uplevel your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode will talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm so excited uh, to bring you today's guest and that is because we have literally been sitting here for an hour talking already about so much juicy stuff, which I know is going to come up in this episode. I've actually got the beautiful Jess Ainsworth here sitting with me, who is the creator of Aruka, which is a form of theta healing. Um, She was such an integral part of me and my own journey. Um, I do believe I've actually maybe lightly touched on her in previous podcast episodes talking about myself um but without further ado welcome Jess thank you um I think the best way to start is um I would really just love to dive into your own journey in terms of what kind of led you to get to where you are with everything from the work that you do right through to what's kind of going on in your own life I would love you to touch base on you know your Lyme and everything like that so where did it all mainly begin for you Yeah, so I guess it started for me with a session myself. So when I was about 20, I had this weird, um, this moment where it was a, I'd started reading this book, Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, which I'm sure many people know. Um, And I was doing the exercises, it was a Saturday afternoon, and I was working through all these different exercises and kind of delving into past traumas and things like that. And... I put the book down and went about my day and then the next day it was Sunday night and at about 6 p.m. on the dot all of a sudden I had like this this feeling it was like deja vu Um, and I could feel myself getting panicked and I'm freaking out and I didn't know what was happening so I was with my boyfriend at the time he was my new boyfriend who's now my husband (laughs) Um, and I had to quickly leave the room because I didn't know what was going on. It literally felt like I was trapped in the past and I felt this feeling in my gut that just felt so sick. So I went and locked myself in the bathroom and all of a sudden it was almost like a memory just flashing into my head that I couldn't control. And it was me getting out of the car from my dad and having to go back into the house with my mum and my stepdad, which was um, not always the best environment for me. Um, and I remember crying and I wouldn't want to leave him and I wouldn't want him to go. And it was always at 6 PM on a Sunday night. And it was like, it had just hit me at that moment. And I remembered it. And at about five minutes later, my mum messaged me and said, Hey honey, how are you going? And I just like, it was like, I was trapped in this old version of myself. And I was like, I don't want to see you anymore. I hate you. I hate, you know, you did this and this to me when I was younger and my stepdad and he said this and you were horrible and you've created all these problems for me, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, whoa, where did did this come come from? (laughs) (laughs) And so um, she offered then to send me, she's like, I know this lady, she's got down to earth, she's a healer, blah, blah, blah. I want to pay for you to go and see her because I think that it's something that you really need. And I thought, fuck it. (laughs) Like she's paying it was expensive and so I thought you know what I'll just go like what have I got to lose so I went to this session and this lady was in my opinion at that time quite crazy (laughs) I was like what is all this spiritual shit like this is not and now that's you yeah that was me (laughs) and I didn't believe it at all like I did not believe in it one bit but I went to this session and I cried and I went through all these past traumas and 
Like, I was severely bullied, like, literally from grade three through to, like, the end of high school. Like, it was every single day. And then I would go home and I was bullied at home. And I was just constantly squashed down. So all this stuff came up and I worked through all these things. And um, my relationship with my stepdad was was not great. Um, And my mum, obviously, as I said. And then literally two days after my session, like, I left thinking, okay, like, I'll see how that goes. Two days after my session... It was like a vacuum had just sucked out all of the negative, all of these past traumas, and it had just literally released and forgiven. And I saw my stepdad, gave him a hug, was like, how are you going? Like, just had no resentment. Everything that I had let go of in the session was just gone. And I was like, how did this work? Like, I'm a very logical person. Mm. And I was like, this, there's got to be an under, like, there's got to be a way to explain how this worked. Like, how? How? Yeah. <laughs> And so I became obsessed. I can be quite obsessive, um, but it was also like I'd found my passion. Like I just, as soon as I started delving into the mind, how we create our belief systems, the quantum level, quantum physics, I was just mind blown. And literally for the last 10 years, I have been obsessed. I've read every book I've read, not every book, but I've read a lot of books and I'm very, very, I'm so passionate about healing and about the different ways in which you can heal and why some people heal and some people don't and the different methods and over time I think I was just saying to you before I've just finished studying like clinical hypnotherapy I've studied theta healing I've studied NLP and I've read books on CBT on so many different things and so I'm obsessed with creating something that is so powerful Mm. and I've finally landed there like my sessions now with people are just mind-blowing I've incorporated so many different types of healing from breath work to childhood work to belief therapy to emotion clearing to just so many different things and these some of these are just names that I've come up with things because there's no way to describe them yeah but yeah that's basically kind of got me that got me to where I was um and then like I was about three years, no, a year ago now, I was running, I'd got to this point where I was studying all of this and I knew it subconsciously and I was obsessed with it, but I'd actually created two completely irrelevant companies. <laughs> so I created, um, they were both in the wedding industry. So I had a um, wedding and events company and then I had like a side hustle of a luxury toilet and I was raising my two kids and I was just so stressed. Like, yeah. I knew everything in my heart. I knew how to heal. I knew how to heal myself. I knew how to heal others. And for some reason, I was just hustling so hard. (laughs) Like, I was just constantly hustling. Like, I was working 24-7. My jaw was constantly tensed and locked. I was saying to you before, I had cysts on my ovaries. I was popping two Panadols when I woke up just to get out of bed and keep going. Wide in the afternoon. Like, just 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 no flow like I was just crazy and I finally had this moment where I was like this is like it doesn't feel right like this isn't right and it was again after another session so you know many years later I went back had another session and each time I have a session a big life change happens like some big shift that needs to happen will happen it's always it's always like the moment when things shift like two weeks after a session it's like I'm quitting my job I'm doing yeah. this I'm yeah. doing that. so I um I went for a session two weeks later sold my companies and was like got back into the healing life was amazing my health was better I wasn't getting headaches I was starting to feel so good 
me and my husband hadn't been on a holiday for a long time so we bought a camper van got the kids and decided to go away for a month and that was when I got beaten by a tick (laughs) so we went away on our camping trip and then I got bitten in the neck by a paralysis tick and yeah it sent me on this whole chronic illness journey that I've been on for the last like eight nine months and it's taken me to a whole new level I'm actually really grateful it sounds crazy because I've been through so much darkness in the last nine months yeah. but I'm actually so grateful for it's got me to where I am now and I understand so much now about we were talking about earlier like the mind body consciousness and how you just can't heal on one level like you need to be incorporating all these different elements to be able to fully truly heal and I've actually experienced and lived that now so I can talk so much more deeply on it yes but yeah, that's kind of a bit of a summary. So crazy. I feel like where you're at right now is you're just like maybe like two steps ahead of me. Like I feel like I'm not – like we were talking about before um, where I'm like stuck a little bit in this hustle phase of I'm teaching girls how to meditate and how to do their affirmations and how to do all of these things and incorporate so much like holistic practice into their life and I'm not finding the time for myself to honor those practices because – well, don't worry about me. I've got to worry about my girls. Like everything is like, I prioritize my clients so, so highly. And I know you were the exact the same when you had your wedding business. Even when I, I had a like kinesiology session a couple of weeks ago and um, when she went into like a little bit of subconscious work and she was asking me like about my purpose and why I'm here, I listed my clients um, and like not just right now, but like long-term, I listed my clients, my partner and my future baby before I listed myself. And it was just like, I'm just always like last on that list. I don't feel like I'm like at the level where I'm like getting incredibly run down or anything like that. Like I am pretty healthy and I am trying to prioritize. I'm still doing my manifestation. I'm I'm trying to be healthy, but I can't deny the fact that the jaw tense seeing is starting. (laughs) I actually had, um, I actually had Botox in my jaw because I had started, I started teeth grinding so badly, which I never have in my life that my dentist got me this plate that was like $600 for this plate. I hated it. It was the worst possible thing. And I was like, the answer can't just be to have this plate because all that I was doing was I was grinding the plate. Um, and then, so I had actually a client of mine who was, um, telling me you can have like Botox in the and it relaxes it and you can stop and I was like awesome so I went and had that and it was oh my god game changing for me I just like fully relaxed my jaw I finally it kind of got me out of the um I stopped teeth grinding um but I'm now finding that I am starting to clinch again like just kind of stuff like that yeah and it's like the sleep I've never had trouble with sleep and like lately I'm having bad dreams or disrupted sleep and stuff like that but I was saying to you that I'm like in this phase of like learning about all of this stuff mm. of learning about healing. And, um, as I said before, where I am right now, I'm like, okay, where I am right now is fine. And if I stayed where I am, I could probably sustain that. I could probably sustain that forever if I could sustain it. But what I'm coming to learn now is this like, isn't sustainable. This is like the pre red flags mm. before something greater. Absolutely. Um, so where I'm at right now, I'm like, all right, cool. I can either be, reactive if I get worse um you know if I was to even like touch wood end up where you are right now I'm so sorry to say that (laughs) um but um I want to be I want to be proactive and I feel like you 
you've gone through so many similar chapters to where I'm at right now. So I really want to dive so much into the Lyme and the healing. But before that, let's take a step back um, and talk about, because obviously this is how we cross paths because I came to you. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about Aruka, what it is and and what you do in in that sense of things in terms of like your work? Yeah. Yeah. So Aruka is... A type of healing so it's just actually recently been trademarked as its own modality so basically it's really a combination of all of those things that I listed before um, a typical session it's it's very intuitive so I'm actually launching um, towards the end of this year a Rupa Academy where I'm gonna be teaching other people how to do what I do the techniques but the main thing that I like to focus on and the main thing that has changed for me is that no matter how many books I read or courses I did, there was always, you have to do it this way and you have to do it that way. And you've got to say this and you've got to finish with this and you've got to put the bubble around and protect your energy. And you've got to make sure that you finish each belief with cutting this off. And there's all these different Mm. ways that you have to do things. And I never really resonated with that because it felt so rigid and so scary to, oh, what if I do it wrong? And so the main philosophy of Aruka is just healing yourself first so that you can help others. So all of my therapists are going to be healed themselves so that then their intuition is is open and active and flowing so that their sessions are going to be as powerful as, as mine have been. So basically each session I'm tapping into that. I'm connecting with the person in the session. I'm, I'm We're one. In that session, we're one. So once we're one, which as we were talking about before, energy, like there is no separation of objects. Yeah. Like on an energetic level, there is no distance between you and I sitting here in this room. There's a quantum field and there's energy vibrating through throughout both of us. So I connect with that person. And once I connect with that person, I can feel what they're feeling. Mm. Some people see it, some people hear it, some people feel it. So everyone has different gifts and they have different senses that are more heightened. So psychics can see these visions and it's like, they can they can see it happening some people can feel it in their body and some people can hear it they can hear words like medical medium yeah so everyone has their different gifts so it's tapping teaching people how to tap into their gift but basically i would i'd feel it i feel it and i go whoa like what is going on in your stomach like you're holding something in there so tight or like there's a huge black hole in your heart like what's going on there and i'll feel into their body and ask them what's going on and i guide them into a meditation get them super relaxed and then help them to find the answers so the sessions have been so they're so different for each person some people we go right back into childhood and we work on different things that have the different things that have happened so something that's quite common is we do reframing so i go back into a memory that's causing you a lot of if someone brings up a memory and they start getting really uncomfortable crying we know that that memory is not fully formed and that there needs to be some closure so I'll bring them back into that memory as their adult self to talk to their younger self, to reframe that memory, to heal it and to close it. Um, that's one thing that we often do. Sometimes it's, yeah, like going into a certain part of the body, whether it feels like there's darkness or whether it feels like there's holes and, and figuring out why there's, a, why there's a problem there and working on that specifically. Um, sometimes we just focus on current situations and then naturally a current situation is always going to come from a limiting belief from the past yeah so we'll kind of go back to the back to that past event but it has so many different different things and it depends on what the person's sort of sort of struggling with yeah um but yeah that like a typical session pretty much goes through 
um, that sort of structure. And then we like it kind of all over the place, but using intuition and going where I need to go and trusting that intuition and having that belief of I know where to go, like I know where to take this is something that's so important rather mm. than following a set of rules. Yeah. No one no one's the same. Yeah. You can't use the same set of rules and the same technique on different people. That's why things don't work for certain people and they do for others. So like I've been working with 16-year-old boys, which is not my target market. But I've learned now how how they react and how to be like, hey man, what's going on? Like, I'm not gonna be like talking to him about spirituality. Like, yes. the way that, and you have to adapt to the person, and you have to. So teaching that is yeah, like it's, I'm really passionate about being able to work with all sorts of different people. And then I generally finish each session with bringing back in the positives. So say if we've let let go of the beliefs as we've gone throughout the session, we've let go of the beliefs of. I'm alone, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. At the end of the session, we bring in the positive. So I always like to finish on a positive and uplifting sort of note. So at the end, we bring in those beliefs and the power of saying them out loud is amazing. Sometimes I've got people yelling like, I am enough. Yes, <laughs> I love that. tears flowing and then we finish on freedom. So bringing them back to what does your soul actually want? Like what's going to make you feel free? Like what does your ideal life look like if, if money and time don't matter because we focus everything around money and time so if all of a sudden they don't matter what's what does what's actually makes you feel free like where are you when you feel free and bringing them back to that and then they can go away and focus their goals and everything around finding that freedom because that's all we want really at the end of the day so yeah that's kind of a typical session and and i guess back to the eureka academy that's what i'm really passionate about teaching people is to flow because it's always about you control and doing it a certain way. And once you learn to flow and to trust yourself, like you can't, you can't work with someone unless you, unless you know that you're powerful too. hundred percent. I think that's, that's so, I've even got a, um, a client of mine who's doing a um, psychology degree and she was doing work experience with Lifeline, for example. And she was just saying like, she actually just left. Um, it, everything is so structured, like down to, you can say this, you can't say this, do this and don't do this to the point. Like, it's like, don't laugh with them yeah. because laughing with them can encourage them. And she's like, I would get someone on a call and all they would need is, is a, is a laugh. And she had this experience where, um, uh, the lady said something and she just laughed. Like it just came out of her. And the lady was like, Oh my God, you don't know how much I just needed someone to laugh with. And it's like all this stuff, we create these rules and yes, like as a general, it can, it can work and it can flow, but for the wrong person, it can be the opposite of what they need or what they want. I, I think that's so powerful and I have so many clients that like they finish telling me their story and they've told me all this terrible stuff and I get to the end and I'm like okay cool and then I'm like oh actually sorry it's not cool it's actually really traumatic yeah but let's like let's get started and we have a yeah. laugh and like yeah. laughing is so powerful yes and there's been so many times where they've like said a belief and I'm like well that's not a very good belief to have is it yeah like, you know, like you've got to keep it light and that's the thing like trauma is one of those things like we were talking about this before like trauma and cancer is like don't talk about it don't go into it like everyone freaks out if like trauma it's like you have to be so careful like my uncle who I love is studying psychology and he's like 
but how can you, like, you know, you shouldn't be going into that. Like, you, you know, you, you need to take years to break down the walls. But I'm like, mate, I don't need years. Like, yeah. we can go into that if we know how to go into it and we know how yeah. to release it. The problem yeah. is that people think that, okay, like the problem with, with um, like, say, a psychologist session is that you get to the trauma, you realise it, and maybe it's like you feel comfortable with that person and you bring it up. And then it's it's up. But what are you doing with it? And this is where the energy healing component comes into the sessions that I'm doing. It's like, okay, the traumas come up, like, but it's not serving us any purpose to be there anymore. We don't need to break it down. We just need to move on from it. We need to heal it. We need to close it. We need to move it on. You don't mm. need it anymore. It's just holding you back. So that's where the energy healing, like shifting that energy, moving that energy, moving the emotions, breathing it out, like it, move, it moves it on and that's why people wake up and open their eyes and go whoa because it's gone you're not just talking about it and then talking about it next week and talking about it next week you're moving it in an in an instant and if you believe you know psychology um, theories then you're gonna you're gonna deal with it in that in that certain way but that that is just a theory it's not the be all end all it's just someone's theory that they've written into a textbook and psychologists have learned yeah so if you believe the trauma is difficult and it's scary and you have to be really careful with it then that's how people are going to respond if you believe like i do that trauma is simple it can be broken down easily then that's exactly what happens in my sessions it, it is what you make it yeah i think that's awesome and and not to mention that i think um with trauma one of a couple of things that like i'm i'm really learning is that one trauma isn't necessarily something super traumatic in the way that we've defined it to be it's not um it's not always and of course it absolutely is um not to take away from those things but it doesn't have to be like abuse or um you know people associate with like war times and it doesn't have to be that it can be something as simple as um having a absent parent Mm. like it can be something as simple as someone saying like you shouldn't do that Mm. it can be these tiny little things especially because so much of our limiting beliefs and our traumas can come from when we're so little when we don't have a logical mind Mm. um and the way i i was talking to a client about this yesterday and i was like imagine you being a four-year-old in kinder and you're playing with all these crayons and a child comes up and sa- and snatches all the crayons and said you're not having the crayons you don't get to you don't get to draw with us for example and it's like well 25 year old me would look back on that situation and say go get some new crayons but for a 4 year old that's a really freaking big deal like mm. you just got told that the other kids don't want you to draw with them and don't want you to play with them like to a 4 year old that is traumatic so yeah. um and you hold on to that yeah, absolutely so yeah. i i would love for you to speak to a little bit about how do you see trauma and i know we were talking before about coming to the realization where trauma as we were speaking about isn't always in the mind and and sometimes it is held in the body, the body and things yeah. like that so what, what do you think about that? Well, trauma, it's funny. I've had actually a few of my clients this week and all clients say to me, you know, this thing happened and it's silly. And they say what you said, like, it's so stupid. It's not even a trauma. Like, I know there's people out there with bigger problems, but for some reason I can't let this go. And I always say to people, a trauma is a trauma. It doesn't matter what happened. It matters how it made you feel. Because feelings at the end of the day are energy and motion, emotions, energy and motion. Like if you've got a negative feeling, that's that's stored. Like that's that's what's actually bothering you. It's not what happened, it's how you felt. And it's what you decided about yourself in that moment. 
So, yeah, it doesn't really matter that the kids took away the crayons, but it matters that in that moment you decided that no one likes you and that made you feel like a, like a piece of shit. It made yeah. you feel so sad. So when you think about that memory, you feel sad and you carry that sadness physically in your body. I think I was talking before about... Um, like unformed memories like and that's what these things are like you've you couldn't make sense of it and a lot of the time when we go into these memories people are really confused they're like oh I don't know I, I kind of felt like this and mm. and they feel confused because that's what they felt like as that four-year-old they felt confused they couldn't understand why someone would do that and no one explained it to them so they made up their own reason they tried to form it themselves and they used the tools in their toolbox and they went okay well um, you know someone told me this and someone told me that so that's going to go in that pile and of I'm not good enough and no one likes me and that's just going to further strengthen that belief and so it doesn't actually matter what happened it matters how it made you feel and I always say that to people like you can feel the same if you've had sexual abuse as to verbal abuse and someone saying something to you you can have the same belief created and you can have the same feeling trapped in your body from two completely different scenarios. So it doesn't matter what happened, it matters how it made you feel. And yeah, emotion, the documentary talks so much about how, how, you know, energy emotion, about how a word has a vibration and it has, yes. and, and belief has a vibration. And if you have these negative beliefs and you have these negative words, every time you have that feeling and you don't, you don't move through it, you store it. Because where else is it going to go? It's energy. It needs to go somewhere. So it gets stored in your tissues and it gets stored in your cells. And then those cells start to get agitated and it finds your weak spots. And then each time it goes back to that weak spot and then you've got a bad knee because then it gets stored in certain areas of your body. And that's why a lot of the time people have, you know, with Joe Dispenza, people have what they call radical remissions because they go into the into the feelings and they go into the traumas and then all of a sudden that energy shifts and moves and then physical problems are gone and people you know don't believe this and they don't understand this but a perfect example is you know having a um a memory of some sort come in and you think about it and you feel like everyone's had that you think yes. of something and you feel how you felt maybe you shake maybe you cry like you feel how you felt when it happened well that's that's a that's a physical response to an emotional thought. So there's there's a connection whether people <laughs> want to believe yeah. it or not. And yeah, like trauma is stored in the body. It's absolutely stored in the body. And sometimes, like I was very much, before this was actually one of the biggest lessons that I learned. So before I had the diagnosis of the Lyme and before I became really ill, I was like, everything is healed with the mind. Everything is healed with the mind. Like any sort of disease, you can heal it with your mind. Someone's struggling with this, you've got this belief, you've got that belief. And I was so set and I saw people with chronic illness and there was, I had clients with chronic illness, I had a few friends, I followed people on Facebook and I just always thought, you've got some negative beliefs that you need to deal with because chronic illness is a result of negative beliefs. And I was so set on it and I was so fucking judgmental. <laughs> like I was, I was, honestly was, I was so judgmental. I just thought they're just weak, like they're just not, they're just not getting into the emotional stuff. They're trying all these supplements and everything, but they're not getting into the emotional stuff, and that's what heals. And then it happened to me, and it was like, ah, oh. <laughs> lesson to be learned. Yeah. And it was so funny because after I saw Pop Up and after I booked the holiday, I actually was like, life is amazing right now. Like, 
I've learned everything, like I'm just ready to live now. And then I was, I'm always all about lessons. Like you, you know, you're not going to get any further in life unless you're learning lessons. So I was like literally said to the universe, I'm ready for my next lesson. And then I went on my holiday and then this happened. So it's so funny. Timing. I honestly did believe that chronic illness was, was from the mind. And I now know so deeply that it doesn't matter how, how amazing your mindset is and how many beliefs you've shifted. There is a physical element. We live, we do live somewhat in a physical world. We've got toxins in our environment. We've got toxins in our food. We've got toxic thoughts. We've got so many different things coming at us that we need to have a holistic approach. And I always used to hear mind, body, and soul and be like, yeah, mind, body, soul, everyone talks about it. Yeah. But now that I've actually lived it, like being in Cyprus where I was having medical treatment, so we spent $40,000 on physical medical treatments. But I'll say, as I was saying to you before, I was in such a state of panic. I was away from my children for six weeks. Coronavirus was happening. I was on the other side of the world and I just had so much panic in my body. I was not connected to the universe. I was not believing anything about consciousness. My belief system was all over the place and I didn't heal and I couldn't understand it. I'd spent money on the world's best treatments and I didn't heal. So I think that like, once I actually started working, getting back into my beliefs and getting back into that connection, that consciousness, I, that's when I healed because I, you've, you've just got to combine it. Like they don't, there's no separate, we, we categorize everything in life, but everything is one mm. and you just can't, you can't heal on one level. So I understand now that yes, there are some limiting beliefs that come with chronic illness and there are some really strong beliefs in there. Like it's it's a yeah there's some facebook groups and things for people with lyme and the things that people write on there is just like they're so stuck in their illness like they're getting so much out of being sick it makes them feel so important they're getting so much attention but that wasn't me like i didn't want that so i couldn't figure out why but there's there's this physical side there was toxicity in my body there was bacteria there was like i'd said to you after a long period of fasting there was still things coming out of my digestive system that were stored in there for years like there's there is this physical element and you have to, they all have to be combined. I feel like I've just strayed way off the question. I can't no, I don't even know what the question was. was. Yeah, I was just, I was literally vibing all of that and it really um, resonated with me because I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday with Maston Kip. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's amazing. He's a uh, like trauma kind of coach and stuff. And he put it really beautifully in terms of one, he was not only really saying that um, there's more trauma in the body than there is in the mind, um, just in terms of biofeedback, there's more feedback that goes body to mind than mind to body. Um, and much of our trauma is within our central nervous system. And then so like, if you want to heal trauma, you almost need to get in that physical state, but then align the mind to a new belief of making that central nervous system feel calm. Yes. So it's almost like you can like recreate the memory, recreate the feeling, but have a different resolution, which which creates a new feeling. Um, but the way he also spoke about it as well is that our bodies are so freaking smart and so intelligent. We have all of these coping mechanisms for trauma. And mind you, um, as I as I mentioned, yes, there's a lot of really, when you hear the word trauma, there's the really intense traumatic stuff. But there's also things like, the limiting beliefs that I'm not good enough, the absent parent, there's um, the friendship wounds, there's inflammation in the body. Inflammation in the body is is physical trauma. It's, it's like, heat. It's, it's heat. So, um, you know, there's trauma in every sense of the word and our bodies create, so for example, using, using the body and inflammation as an example, 
if something isn't working in the body and something isn't going well, or there's a toxin in the body or whatever, your body produces inflammation as a way to heal that trauma or fix that problem or move through that toxin. And so our body then creating inflammation, which we get angry at like, oh, the inflammation, when in actual fact, the inflammation is part of the healing. Mm. So then it's about saying, well, in actual fact, and and as Maston put it, and it was so beautifully said, he said, when you're getting inflamed or when you're getting, you know, you're feeling sick or you're feeling run down or you get depression, you get anxiety, you get an addiction or, or a binge eating disorder or whatever it is, he goes, you're doing a really fucking good job. He goes, because that addiction or that, you know, men- mental illness, which he says is actually more, of- um, or that inflammation in the body is your body doing exactly what it should, which is trying to heal and work through and fight the trauma. Absolutely. And he's like, so when you look at yourself feeling unwell and feeling hopeless, turn to your body and be like, fuck, you're doing awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That is you trying to fight through and heal through trauma. But then it's about, you know, connecting all of the dots. And as we spoke about mind, body, soul, mind, body, consciousness, and being able to boost that healing I guess in a sense um and I I really would love to dive into all of that because um as we're talking about before and I've actually for anyone listening I've I've talked about this on my Instagram story how eyes are I got really bad skin my skin broke out and dermatitis I was speaking to my skin therapist and she was like you know are you changing washing powder is your diet changed and I'm like nothing has changed other than I'm probably drinking less water, which one will touch on the lymphatic system. Um, but then two, and I didn't even realize this until this week, I had gone from having acupuncture, myotherapy, um, Sunday massages with my partner and um, like my skin therapy to just nothing. Like there was no, no massage, no physical body connection, which our lymphatic system works really well on one of the best ways to keep the lymphatic system flushing or moving or whatever way you want to put it is through like massage, like lymphatic drainage and stuff like that. And, um, last Saturday I had my first massage post ISO and I woke up the next morning and my skin had halved, like Mm. fully gone down, like clearly, like you could literally clearly see side by side the physical difference between photos of like my skin. And it was like so crazy and yeah, it, it all just ties in. So for anyone who has no idea what Lyme is and you did touch on like the tick on your, yeah, on yeah. your, on your trip, but do you want to go into a little bit of what Lyme is? And I would love you to share with us what has come of that in terms of how you now see healing and disease and disease. Yeah. Yep. So I wanted to just touch on the central nervous system because that's actually the perfect example of mind, body and consciousness. So when we were talking about your jaw before, like that's your body responding to stress. That's your body sending it, it's getting into that fight or flight mode and it's your body kind of tensing up, preparing for the next the next thing to come. But what, like, there's so many different ways to heal the central nervous system. So, because I, as I said to you before, that was one of my biggest problems and continues to sort of be something that I have to work on. But things like, like body related, berries, berries, calm your nervous system like nothing else like no other medication and then you've got breath work so getting back into the breath and the flow of the breath calms your central nervous system but then consciousness wise you've also got your pineal gland which is the part of your brain that when you're in theta brainwave when you're healing when you're connected to whatever you want to call it creator spirit universe 
the pineal gland is what gives you those messages. It's what's connected. It's like your radio receiver. And if you're never connected, your pineal gland literally physically becomes calcified. So it's almost like you're unable to connect. So there's that consciousness side of it that if you're not switching on and you're not conscious and you're not working it, it switches off, it becomes calcified. So there's that conscious level, then there's the physical level that you can heal it on with the berries and the breath work. And then there's the mind, which is changing the beliefs that are causing you to feel stressed because the things that you're, the reason that you're clenching your jaw isn't because there's a physical stress. Like no one's gonna run into your office and start stabbing you. Yeah. But you, it's it's perceived stresses. Mm. So you've got to work that the nervous system is a perfect example of how you would deal with it on a mind, body, and consciousness level, and how they all link together so perfectly. Because if you started meditating and you started connecting to the universe, that pineal gland would start to decalcify and it would start to start to work again and you would start to then naturally feel that connection it wouldn't be so hard get the message of the book yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so that's like the perfect example of how those three can sort of come together to help you heal something like the nervous system which is you know but if you went to the doctor you you would go and get the i had thought about when i was doing the wedding industry i thought about getting the injections just for the quick fix the band-aid yeah the band-aid Okay, so to get back to your actual question about Lyme disease. So Lyme disease is a little bit controversial. If you Google it, you'll have lots of... Um, People say that it is... like So doctors say that it's bacterial and that it is caused by a tick bite and that the tick transmits the bacteria into you. Medical medium and some other doctors say that it's viral and that the tick actually and that you're holding the virus for a long period of time. So it's a bit controversial as to what it actually is, but the same, the same in each person. So it's quite an obvious um, diagnosis. Um, you can be tested for the bacteria that they say causes it, which is what I was tested for and tested positive for. Um, but basically it's, most people get neurolime, which is it affects your neurological system. So it's, it's in, it's intense. <laughs> mm. It was um, it's headaches, migraines, um, all different sorts of infections like styes, um, sinus infections, tonsillitis, um, kind of all simultaneously. It's um, joint pain, so common pain in the knees is is what a lot of people get. Um, like this sort of sternum pain, heart palpitations, issues with the heart. Um, there's been people that have had like brain lesions and things and it affects like obviously your nervous system sort of affects your brain um, it's st- I still to this day get a little bit of brain fog you lose your sentences halfway some people forget like all their details they forget their name they forget oh, wow. everything for me it was more about the paralysis side of it so and the migraines so I couldn't get out of bed it was like constant migraines infections um, I couldn't use my arms I could, like I felt like a lot of people get misdiagnosed with MS, so it's quite it's quite similar. Um, but yeah, it's it's a little bit controversial. The way that I view disease now has completely changed. So when I was first diagnosed, I was I was almost in denial because I always believed that not to label anything. I'm all about the undiagnosed and undiagnosing. Like when people come in to see me for sessions, I make them let go of their diagnosis of whatever disease they've got or mental illness because once it defines you it's yours like you own it it's yours i have this or i had this and it becomes part of your life so the way that i viewed disease i was like well i don't have Lyme. like i just you know just have something going on and then when i got the bloods and i got the diagnosis i slowly started to change and i saw myself 
joining the groups and buying into this, it's incurable. It's it leads to so many different types of cancer. It put this person in a wheelchair and this and it's one of the worst things that you can have and it's so degenerative and like I just started getting sucked into this whirlwind and my mindset started to to change and to go down. Um, and what I now sort of believe about Lyme disease and all disease is that it's all disease of the lymphatic system, lymphatic stagnation. So if your lymphatic system isn't working properly, it's like having a backed up sewage system, basically. Everything everything stops filtering. And as I was explaining earlier, like your lymphatic system is responsible for cleaning your blood. It's responsible for sending out um, antigens for the disease or for bacteria or things that get into your system. So it's literally the system that is filtering your blood, sending out the little fighters for anything that shouldn't be there, you know looking at if there's any deficiencies in your blood it's looking at cleaning it it's filtering it out and if your lymphatic system isn't working properly then nothing works properly then you get disease you get bacterial overgrowth you get poor gut health you get viruses that won't go away you know low-grade fevers that continue for a long period of time you get skin issues all sorts of things so every disease if you if you really go deep enough into the research almost every disease can come back to the lymphatic system and think you know i the first question that i asked when i found this out and started to research this was well why would your lymphatic system just stop working like that seems like a pretty important system why would our lymphatic systems not work if our bodies are designed to heal and to help themselves so um i kind of researched into that and spoke to the doctor that i was working with and and looked at some of his videos and basically if you start, if you've got toxin overload um your kidneys are just going to go whoa okay i can't deal with that right now i can only deal with this portion so i'm going to store those toxins i'm going to store them in your fat cells i'm going to store them in your liver i'm going to store them wherever else i can and it'll allocate where it can store them to keep you from dying <laughs> basically yeah and if you're doing that over and over with alcohol and with you know, even just non-organic foods like pesticides and all these sorts of different things, you're going to... House cleaning products, makeup, everything. You're going to start to accumulate those toxins and it's going to back up. Your kidneys are going to slow down. They're not going to be able to work as well. And then that's going to, it's going to just go like your sewage system. It's just going to back up and everything's going to start to block and it's not going to flow. So as you were talking about your skin before, you know, once you actually got the massage and you got the lymphatic system flowing the kidneys were able to process the you might have started to be able to eliminate through lymphatic system rather than having to come out of your skin which your skin is part of the lymphatic system so but it's the last place so if your lymphatic system is working properly your skin will look good if your lymphatic system isn't working properly it will come out in your skin because it's like well i've got nowhere else to put this i'm gonna have to push it out the skin and there's plenty of skin on covering your whole body places for it to come out so it's going to push it out there so once I started to learn about that, I thought, okay, well, if all disease comes from the lymphatic system, then what's something that I can, what can I do? And this was what the, this coach that I worked with. So it was an eight week program. So when I got back from Cyprus um, and I was still extremely ill, I started researching. I got on my computer and I was like, okay, at that point I still believed it was bacterial. So I started researching and I thought if it's bacterial, surely it eats like surely it has to grow some way so i started reading all of these medical journals and like these full scientific studies i was in massive geek mode just trying to break down all of these different scientific studies and i 
came across that they, they were like, sold me on their host. So I thought, I'm going to starve them. <laughs> I'm going to starve these little assholes yep. out and I'm going to do a water fast. So I started looking at people who had done water fast for healing, water fast. There's plenty of people that do it for cancer, Gerson therapy, which is like juicing for cancer, yep. things like that. So I found this documentary and it was coming out and I was like, amazing. It's all about water fasting. And then I realized that it was coming out at the end of this year. And I was like, well, I can't wait that long. No. <laughs> and then I saw that they do, that they have sessions. So I contacted the guys that had made the documentary who were like fasting experts and found out that they did an um, eight-week coaching program. So I got on with that and it was basically a customized eight-week program where he led me through a series of different detox and cleanses. Anyone who's following me on Instagram would see that I did a liver gallbladder cleanse and cleanse like... 40 gallstones out of my gallbladder naturally which was disgusting but so amazing i just don't so, even know how that even happens it, everybody has them so even people that just go to him for coaching for like weight loss and health but are actually healthy everyone has gallstones crazy it's amazing so yeah so basically i got in contact with him and i said i want to do a 21 day water fast like i'd read that people had done it for line i was set on doing it and he was like, you don't need to do that long. Like, there's other ways. And so he started to teach me. And he started to teach me about the lymphatic system and the best foods for the lymphatic system, and that is fruit. And immediately I was like, no, fruit's got too much sugar in it. Like, you know, you're only supposed to have two pieces a day and, you know, I don't want to put on, put on weight. And I don't know, I was just kind of like, you know, then I'm feeding the bacteria. Like, I just don't know how this works. And he's like, no. Your body will take care of bacteria, the virus, whatever it is. It will take care of what it needs to take care of once your body is functioning properly. It's not about the symptoms. It's not about attacking one thing at a time. It's about supporting the body to do what it already knows how to do. And I was like, voila. Yes, yeah. (laughs) And so I got onto fruit. And so literally it's been, I did 20 days of all fruit, which was hard and which you know, things came up in that period of time, I started to realize my addiction to foods. Like I've always eaten really healthy, but did I? Yeah. (laughs) You know, I thought, thought, oh, wait a minute. Like I had a lot of bread and, you know, gluten-free bread, but like, you know, I started to really go, oh, I really need that. And it would be like when my kids were being feral and I was like, Oh, I'd be yes. stressed. I'd be like, I just want avocado on toast. And yeah. I'd realize like how much I use foods to supplement my emotions. And I was like, oh, wow. Like it was really in my face. Like I can't eat that now. I have to have, and I've never really been a fruit person. I was like, I have to eat this banana and that's not going to cut it. Yes. <laughs> so I started to have to face, face things. So I did 20 days of just fruit. And then I followed that into seven days of apple juice, which was, so apple juice softens, um, it helps cleanse out your liver and it softens any of the gallstones. So I did seven days of that. And then on the seventh day, I did this liver gallbladder flush, which is, oh yeah, it's a bit, it's not complicated. It's quite simple, but I did this liver gallbladder flush, which you do a series of steps on this day, you go to sleep. And then when you wake up, they pretty much all come out. So I woke up at 5am and was like, whoa, why do you go to the toilet? And they all they get dumped into your digestive system and you basically poop them out. Oh my gosh. And it's very clear that it's those because you've been drinking apple juice for seven days. So there's nothing in your stomach. Yeah. And yeah. So, um, I did that and then I went into 14 days of juice. So I did 14 days of just fruit juice, no vegetables, no like celery, no nothing, just fruit yeah. juice. And then I went into 12 days of water 
came back out of it the same way. So came back out with another week or two of juice and I'm still, I think I'm like 70 something days in now and I'm still predominantly on just fruit. It's wow. pretty intense. With the, I, I, okay, I've got a few questions. <laughs> yeah. Question one, the the fruit, uh, sorry, the juicing, yeah. was that like vegetable and fruit juices or pure fruit juice? Fruit juices, yeah. yeah. So and like, were you like buying fruit juices or were you making everything yourself? Um, I was buying organic orange juice Yeah. because I hate cutting them and cutting yeah. them, but yeah. I have a cold-pressed juice that I've had like six years, so yeah. I was making my own concoctions yeah and it was just all fruit juice so like watermelon rock melon and strawberry was like one of my favorites yeah and yeah i was just juicing at home crazy they call so dr robert moss who is a doctor obviously and he has come up with these theories and he's helped tens of thousands of people with fasting and with fruit um and so he just lost my train of thought (laughs) oh that's okay he um he has what was your question sorry i've just lost that's it. okay um what was when you were doing the like juice cleanse and obviously oh, they were high. like yeah yes. the high and the lows yep. yeah so sorry so dr robert morse talks about a healing crisis so each time you go into a deeper level of detox your body has a crisis of basically all your symptoms that you've been having all at once heightened again so if you were to do this without guidance you would think each time you go a deeper level, you would think it's not working, which is what was happening prior. I think this isn't working. I've got to stop it and I'd start something new. So he basically explains a healing crisis as your body purging and dealing with new things. So you all of a sudden you've done the fruit diet and you've you start to feel really good and then you go into the juice and your body's like, oh, I don't have to digest food anymore. This is a little bit easier on my body. I'm starting to feel really good. Now I'm going to deal with this that's stored over here. I'm going to pull that in and I'm going to start to process that and work on that. All of a sudden you've got this toxic overload. So your symptoms flare up because you've got these toxins that need to be processed. And that's where you can get rashes and things like that. And it's all completely normal. But you you push through and you keep going and then you feel great again. And then you feel bad again and then you feel great again. And it's a constant process of this healing crisis until you're body is at a point where it's quite clean and it can actually process things without the symptoms, without the flare-ups, because it's it's just eliminating constantly. Yeah. So that's basically his theory. And there were some pretty low lows in the way of each time I'd change the detox, each time I'd go to a deeper level, my body would would scream. Yeah. <laughs> um, but emotionally, as I was saying to you before, like um, – when, when I was day five of the water fast, I couldn't kind of, I started to have to deal with a lot of things that I had pushed away mm. um, because it was a deeper level again. And there is something quite spiritual about a water fast. It's, it's purging. It's really, it is, it's purging. Yeah. It's, it's really cleansing. So I haven't really talked about this, but I did want to talk about it because it's something that I know a lot of women have gone through and they haven't been able to speak about so I, when I returned from Cyprus, I actually found out, well, when I was in Cyprus, I found out that I was pregnant um, and I decided to continue with my intense medical treatment. So I was there every day having like ozone therapy, which is IV. I was having cryotherapy, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, stem cell therapy, like just constant, you know, medical. Um, but I decided to go forward with it. And I thought, you know what, if, if, if this baby can handle all of this, 
and we get home and we get the tests and it, everything's healthy and well, then it's meant to be. So I got home from Cyprus. I was extremely ill. And I was saying to you before, like I was, I literally felt like I was dying. Like my body was, I could feel my body shutting down. There was a night where I actually was, I was like in this asleep awake state and I, I could feel, I could see my body shutting down. It was so weird. And I, I said to my husband, I, something's wrong. And he said, do you want to go to the hospital? And I said, I don't want to go to the hospital, but I just, I want to rest tonight. But I just want you to know that, that, you know, if I die in my sleep, like it's, there's nothing we could have done. Like I, that's how much I felt like I wow, was dying. Wow, that's so And heavy. he was like, you're really freaking me out. Like I want to take you to the hospital. And I was like, no no, it's fine. Like, I don't want to go to the hospital. I just really need to rest. I don't have the energy, but I just don't want you to feel like you should have done more. Like, this is my decision to rest now. And it, yeah, it was a really bad time. <laughs> but basically, I I just continued to get worse. And I just was like, my mindset just, just dropped. Like, it just, I, everything that I believed in and all the strength that I had, it was just gone. Like, I just didn't want to live anymore. I just... I didn't, I didn't want to wake up again in pain and I didn't want to have to make those hard decisions and I'd started thinking about different ways that I could kill myself and it was just, I just got out of control and then there was this, I don't know what it was, but it was just this day where I was like, I need, I like, I, I need to do this. Like I need to be there for my boys that I've, I've got two beautiful boys and a beautiful husband. Like I need to get myself right and I don't think that I can do it with this baby and I don't think that my body can handle it. Like I, I feel like I'm dying. So I called up and the next, I booked in straight away for an abortion the next day. And I even hate just saying that word. Like I would say termination or mm. like something different because it's such a harsh word and yeah, no one likes is, hearing yeah. it. Um, but yeah, so I went and had it the next day and then immediately I just felt like I just started beating myself up even more. Like, what have I done? I've killed an innocent, innocent baby. Like, I've killed my little girl. And, like, I'm so selfish. Like, I've chosen myself and I've taken another life just for myself. Like, I'm, I felt so much guilt and shame. And it was such, such a bad time. But I just, I thought, you know what, I've done it now. I'm just going to keep pushing forward. And I pushed it down. And I didn't tell anyone. Only my immediate family knew and one friend and... I just kind of pushed it down and just kept going. And then on day five of my water fast, it was, it came up Yeah, <laughs> as it was always going to. Yeah. And I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. Like I just, I was, I was a mess. And so I went and saw a psychic slash healer that I go and see. And I said to her, I've like, I've obviously had the line and she knew about that. And I said, like, I've had an abortion and I'm feeling really, I'm feeling a lot of guilt and shame. And I'm saying these sort of things to myself about how selfish I am. And, and she stopped me and she said, and I hadn't even told her how sick I was. And she stopped me and she said, you, you were dying. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be here right now if you didn't make that decision. Like you were dying. I can see it. You were dying. And I was like, whoa. Like I said, oh, wow, like I said that to my husband. I said that I thought I was dying. And she said that, you know, that, that little girl, she was, she said, yes, it was a little girl. And she was never meant to, to come here at this time. She was just literally sent to you for you to make that decision. Are you going to fight? Are you going to stay? Or are you going to, are you going to give up? Like you, you're putting this out there. What are you actually going to do? Like time to make a decision. 
And so I made the decision, obviously, to stay for my family and to, <laughs> to, and to be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, to stay for my family and to, to keep fighting it. And that was when, you know, two days sort of after I'd had the abortion, I'd gotten on, I'd found, I'd gone on that journey and I'd found the fasting guy and, you know, he, you know, everything aligned. And so it was really the right decision for me, mm. but that was probably one of the hardest, the hardest things to, to deal with. And I honestly didn't think it would be that hard because, you know, in my, you know, in my conscious mind, I was like, well, this is the right thing. Like it's, I had to do it. But then, yeah. then deep down in my subconscious, there was these beliefs that were like, you're selfish, you're, you know, that were like, that were just in there. Yeah. And when I bring in those thoughts, my, I would fight myself on it and be like, no, it's not what you had to do. You are selfish. You always think of yourself, blah, blah, blah. You know, you went off to Cyprus and left your kids and, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'd start beating myself up. And so like letting go of that guilt, letting go of that belief that I'm selfish, letting go of these beliefs that I didn't even know that were there, that was so deep down, were so powerful. And that was part of what made the water fast so successful and so much more powerful because I did that work as well. I did at the same time. Yeah, yeah. At the same time. But that was definitely one of the hardest points. And then, but then from there, days to six to 12 of the water fast, like I went and stayed with my mum and she looked after me and I couldn't get myself, I couldn't get up. Like I'd fall over when I stood up because I was so weak. So she kept topping me up with water and I stayed there and yeah, day 12, my body started to say like, this is enough. I wanted to go to 14 days, but my, my kidneys started weakening. So I, um, there was like certain signs and, you know, yeah. um, yeah. So I got back on the juice and then felt incredible and I'm still, I'm still feeling it out. Like I have bad days and I push myself too much and I'm still on that journey. Mm. But, um, the amount of like healing that I've done and the amount that I know now about the human body and about detoxifying, like I'm so passionate now about helping other people to, to cleanse their body regularly before they actually get sick. Yeah. <laughs> because it is, it's accumulation. It's yeah. accumulation of stress, of toxins, of all these things. And we don't realize until it's sometimes too late. Like some people literally too late. Yeah. I think um, one of the things as well as that I've been speaking to people about lately is it just feels to me like we're all walking around fully forgetting and like it just blows my mind what it is to be a human Mm, yeah like hang on a second once upon it like we created cars we created money we created jobs we created all these ideas of what it means to be successful and all of this stuff and it's like if we strip all of that away like once upon a time we were just another species part of earth and part of the universe and we didn't have all these pressures and all of these expectations and we didn't have makeup and, um, you know, like cleaning products and mm. all this stuff. And it's just like we are filled in a world which is so high stress, so fast paced, full of toxins, full of chemicals. And we just go along with it and forget. And it's like, one, not only are we like feeding ourselves and um, even in terms of like your skin and stuff like that, we are putting all of these chemicals into our body, but we're getting so trapped in this mindset of this is as good as it gets or I can't do this. And 
we're so closed off mentally and emotionally and spiritually from tapping into our full potential. And this is what I'm so fucking passionate about, like really helping people see that anything that they believe that they can't do or any limiting belief they have about themselves or their disease or their body or their career or anything like that is purely learned. Mm, yep. It's all learned. And it's like, we actually have, and I was speaking to you earlier about like manifestation and stuff like that and about energy and how pe- so many people are like, oh, I'm just not sure whether I believe it. And I'm like, you don't get to choose. Like, you don't get to choose a manifestation. Like we are all energy. Like everything is energy. And it's like, hang on a second, read some books about quantum physics or the quantum field or learn what, how the universe works in terms of like atoms and energy. And, you know, you were speaking about it before in terms of there's nothing between us in this room, like everything is combined. And when you can start creating these shifts of like realizing that everything in the world is energy and our bodies are energy. And like, you can start looking at things in terms of one, your possibilities. If you want to go down, like, I guess the route of like career and ambition and stuff like that, that you can achieve whatever you want, but then also, when it comes to things like disease and healing, anything is possible as well. Absolutely. I think like what I've been working on lately is like, because there is like, there's that, there's that human need for, for moving forward, for progress. Mm. Like Tony Robbins always talks about progress. Like we love progress and it gives us that little kick and it makes us feel good. So goals and like material things are, are fine to strive for but it's where they're coming from as well like we're striving for things that we don't even know why we want them yes we're just pushing and pushing and pushing and we don't even know why we're pushing and that's why we're burning out but when we're pulled to do something it's a completely diff- different feeling like push and pull is so different and what i've been thinking about lately so much is i watched this documentary called becoming nobody or becoming no one and i've been thinking about like you know, it's really difficult for us in this society to become no one because everybody wants to be someone. Like, you you want to be someone. Yeah. But there's, like, this... Like, there's this... It feels like there's this space between you are the universe. Like, you are so powerful. You can have anything that you want. You... The universe is you. There's no separation between you and anything in the entire universe. Somewhere between that powerfulness and becoming no one is like that middle ground. It's like that pull from above and that grounding from below. Yeah. Being in that middle space. Like I can have whatever I want, but I also don't need to be this big, big shot person. And I don't need all these things. What does my soul actually want? And it's like finding that middle ground and finding out your why. And I think that so many people asked me when I was on this journey, this last 70 days, like how can you, how did you do that? Like that is not... Like, what? Like, I could not do that. Everyone says, I could not do that, literally. And it's because I had a really powerful why. And it's the same with anything that you're trying to stick to and anything that you're striving for in life. It's like, what's your why? Yeah, this is what you want, but why do you want it? What are you getting out of it? Like, when you're writing your goals, your goals should be coming from your values. It should be coming from, I want to live this life. Like, and, And even breaking it down from there, like, why do I want to live this life? What am I trying to get from that? What am I like, you know, and, and digging further into yourself to figure out your why. And once you have a really strong why, you'll know when you hit the nail on the head because everything else just falls into line. Once it was like, I need to do this because this is what I want my life to be like. I don't want to live life like this. This is what I want. It's like, well, 
there's no no better reason than that. Yeah. Like you you can stick to something because you have that why. Whereas if you're like, oh, I just want to kind of lose some weight and you know I might try fasting, might lose five kilos, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like I've lost the I've lost fourteen kilos at my lowest weight. I put it back on to a healthy weight now. But yeah. Like, you know, you can do it for those reasons, but you would never have got to that point. No, you would have given up you before then up because it because wasn't you, about that. It's yeah. not about that because it's a superficial reason. So having strong values and strong a strong reason for doing something and for what you want to achieve is so important. But, yeah, also always finding that space between becoming no one and between knowing that you are the universe and that you are so powerful. It's yeah. Like, it's like that dance. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That's just, it's just like honestly blows my mind how much is not even tapped into. And even like talking about the push and the pull, it's similar to like I always try to like recheck myself even in terms of um, – I mean anyone listening knows that I'm quite an ambitious person and stuff like that. But you can even use the term for, for money, for example, of wanting an abundance of wealth. And it's like, well, I could be pushed towards making money and that push could be – um, a fear of not being good enough and having to be successful because if I'm not successful, I'm not good enough. And it could be a push away from, um, you know, a push to do it because I fear being poor or I fear being not belonging, or it could be a pull towards an abundance of wealth because of, well, money equals freedom in some sense in, in mm. our world. And it's like, yeah. I could be pulled towards traveling, abundantly or you know wanting to give or share it's like being pulled towards monetary wealth for a greater purpose and a greater why yeah. not pushed towards having to work yeah. because of a fear or yeah. a worry or a concern push is like a pressure behind you like you have to do this and a pull is like you want to yeah and even like the travel and everything like I would even break it down further. Like, why do I want to travel? Mm. What's the feeling that I'm going to get from the travel? Is it yes. the freedom? Is it the culture? Like, what is it? What do I get from that? Is it learning? Is it like, what What do I want out of it? What do I want to feel? And then you can actually start to incorporate the feeling into what you already have. Yes. And then we've talked about before, I am. Mm. Like, okay, I want to travel because I want to feel free. And then, okay, well, every day when I jump in the shower, I'm going to repeat the whole time I'm washing my hair, I am free. I am free and feel what it feels like to feel free. And then you're becoming that and naturally just, it's going to, you're attracting the things to you that you want rather than pushing for them. You're yes. pushing them towards you because you are that vibration now. And it's, and it's, I love that you said that it's so much about I am and it's the feeling that you're wanting, not I am and the thing that you're wanting. It's the feeling. Yeah. And it always comes back to that. It's the same with trauma. It's the, the feeling that is the trauma and it's the feeling that is the, the opposite of trauma. It's the yeah. feeling that is the happiness. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to someone um, literally about you actually and about um, our session and I had totally forgot, but towards the end of our session, you tapped into the freedom side of things and it was like, where are you when, what does freedom feel like? And like, where are you? And all of this stuff. And I had all these flash uh, flashes in my mind and one of them was that um, I was in like Greece and Croatia with my partner and um, I've never been there before, but it was what it was in my mind. Um, and we were like jumping off a sailboat and we were walking through like the streets of Santorini and um, stuff like that. And then I went to another flash and I, it was like projected and I was like, um, you know, in my early thirties and I had two boys and my whole life, you ask anyone, I was like, I'm going to have a girl. First baby's going to be a girl for sure. Da, da, da. And it was like, 
it was like a projection into this flash and I just had two young boys with like uh, really blonde hair and now I'm just like, like yeah, 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 like you. Um, and then now it's just like, oh, I'll be interested to know if I have a boy, I'm going to be like, oh my God. Um, yeah, so, I I yeah, it's just so crazy. And now like I, I really do want to, want to go to Greece and, and it's not about going to Greece, but it's about, I don't know, the feeling of, of, of freedom and just like whenever I, whenever I've traveled in the past, I get this weird sense of, um, like where you're, where you're meant to be. Yeah. And like an outer body, um, like an outer body experience of like everything feeling surreal. Like like flow. Flow and like (laughs) flow. Yes. Like you're in the moment. In the moment. As we talked about before, like we're always hustling. Yes. When you're like, yeah, I've got to cook dinner. I've got to get this. got to go to shops. And you always think about what you're going to do next. And when you're traveling, you're just like, I am here. I am here. I have arrived. Yes. (laughs) And when, like even to the point, um, last year, my partner and I went to Hawaii and it was so weird. We had been talking about planning a trip and we'd been throwing around like the Philippines and we're like, yeah, Philippines, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then boom, we just booked Hawaii out of nowhere. And I knew nothing about Hawaii. And then I started researching it and I was researching hikes and stuff like that. And that picture on the bottom of my vision board there, that's the stairway to heaven in Hawaii. I didn't even know it was Hawaii when it was on my vision board, which is crazy, right? But I went there and I I didn't have a huge expectation. I wanted to explore and I wanted to just go and be free and hire a car and drive around. And we started driving around the island. And have you ever been to Hawaii? No. It is so beautiful. Like if you actually get out of like Waikiki, which is just like um, Gold Coast really, (laughs) and you actually go through the island, the mountains, like the stairway to heaven, when you see it in real life, it's like one of those things that are so grand that your mind and body can't even comprehend the beauty that you're seeing. And my partner and I, we like had a Jeep and we got a convertible and we were driving in the sun. And like, I, we started driving, heading out of like Waikiki and I saw these huge mountains and like how green they were and how beautiful they were. And I cried. Yes. Yes. My body. I get that with places as well. Oh my God. It's just like, I just looked at my partner and I was, it's just like this feeling of like, how am I living in here? And it's like, yes. holy fucking shit. If we could feel like that every day. And it's like, we don't because we're you in can, this. Though, yeah, I know. So like, yeah. You can, I've had that. And then I've had that from being at home, looking around my house and just thinking, me too. This is what I, this is what I wanted. Yeah. Like you can, and it's a, and you can't have it all the time. No. And you can't know that, that, like that ecstasy without the pain. And yeah. that's, that's like what I posted last night. Like, yeah. Numb the dark and you numb the light. Like yeah. you've got to, it, it's ebbs and flows. Like yeah. you can't always be happy. And I have people that come to me and I'm like, oh, I, like the anxiety comes back sometimes. And it's like, yeah, that's okay. Just move through it. Just flow. Yeah. Just flow. Just flow. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you definitely can. And that's where that I am. Like I am free. I am. And then you start to notice like, whoa, this is amazing. Like you find new walks and like yeah. bring it more into your life. Yeah. And, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I've, I've definitely had that before. I've had it in my work in terms of like just sitting here and like I'll have a client like message me like a thank you message or something like that, which is really powerful. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is my house. And my partner is my partner. And we I was speaking to you about before how like I generally hand over heart believe that we have such a conscious relationship to the point where I'm like, you view movies and this is so far from what people say relationships are. And I'm like, no, this is 
this is a relationship um and like i'll get that client message and then it will just be the tip of the iceberg and i'm like how is this my job (laughs) um and like that ecstasy of like oh yes i'm here and i'm living i'm doing and even like walks and things like that and i think nature is like such a huge one to ground to ground us fully um is such a grounding experience i actually spoke about my partner i had a pull towards like moving to like um you know sydney or uh, gold coast or something like that because i was just like oh i just want more more sun and stuff like mm-hmm. i don't want to be held back from going outside because it feels too like i want to be out there all the time um but it's just it's so 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 crazy and i i wish like it's so it's such a hard topic to talk about um without people being like whoa y'all fucking crazy yeah. um yeah. i i've heard people talking about it and i'm like whoa you are just off, so far off with the fairies right now and then i literally said to my partner last night we had this conversation last night i said isn't it funny how everyone who is viewed as crazy they were actually really fucking onto something yes. and i said to him in terms of being plant-based like oh my god if you told me i followed a vegan diet years ago i'd be like there is not a chance in hell. Like vegans are weird. They're crazy. They're obsessive. They're like yeah. a- crazy animal people. They're weird. They say stupid shit. Yeah, all the time. And I'm like, wow, they were really onto something. And then all of the people talking about the universe and tapping in and connecting to energy or healing in a new way or, you know, people who claim that you can heal disease through mind and body and um, and soul and getting all of that aligned. He's like, well, you're a bit left of center. Like you're a bit you're all a bit crazy. Come on, come back to medicine. It's like, hang on. Once upon a time, thousands and hundreds and thousands of years ago, we survived without medicine. Yeah. It's just like... It's all about how people say it as well, but like there are some people that really make it confusing for people to understand and that get way off on tangents mm-hmm. and talk like... Hello, yeah. <laughs> you're like, okay, like Russell Brand. I love Russell Brand. Oh gosh, I oh my god, I'm obsessed, I'm obsessed with Russell Brand. But sometimes, if you watch a, a, a video clip of him and he talks, I talk fast. He makes me sound like I talk slow. <laughs> and he's like the universe and the energy and the, and I'm like, whoa, you lost me. Yeah, yeah. And there's like there's ways to to ease into it as well. Mm. And there's different like there's books like there's a book um. For, it's it's made for depression, but it's actually just an amazing book to read. It's called Lost Connections. Mm. I've recommended it a few times in like my stories and stuff, and it's just about reconnecting to your purpose, reconnecting to people, reconnecting to like there's all these different disconnections that we have, but it's all just explained so like platonically, so simply, and mm. it's just like there's there are ways out there for you to understand to delve into it without getting super crazy yeah i was thinking about like the you know those moments that we were talking about where you're like this is it like you're in the flow and you just feel so happy you could cry and i said that to my husband i was like you know when you just feel like so happy that you could try like you cry like you feel like you're where you're meant to be Mm. and he was like i don't know what you're talking about and i was like you've never felt that like you've never just felt so like so overwhelmed with happiness and he's like I don't know, like, what do you mean? Like, and he couldn't get it. And I was like, that's why it's so hard for some people to hear it because they haven't experienced it and they don't understand yes. it. And I was like, oh, how do I help? How do I get yeah. that? Yeah, I wish you could feel this feeling. I know. It's like, it's like, um, it's like getting, it's like, well, what I assume, I like literally, and people never believe me when I say this, so whatever, take it or leave it, but I've literally never tried a drug in my life, not, not me. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never tried anything, but it's a, a, what I would imagine to be like getting high off a, off a drug, but 
just off your literal oh, so connected so. to the present moment and what you have and where you are. Yeah, and that's like people like we were talking about DMT earlier. Yes, like people taking DMT to get into that that realm to get mm. that feeling to to get onto that next dimension. Yeah, and Joe Dispenza talks about like through deep meditation, like and he has some on his website that you can download. He does this pineal gland activation, and you can make you can get your body to produce DMT and you can have those psychic you can have that through deep meditation like it takes a long time and you might have like a trip where you get into that realm once every few years yeah but you can actually bring that on yourself like through your like our brains are so amazing if we knew more about our brains if we were taught more about our brains in school and the connection between all of these things isn't it so amazing and like um and how I was saying to you about how uh, I knew someone who knew someone who had like done DMT and they were saying that like um, you think that you can see all the colors in the world. Like we think we see color, but then you take DMT and there's colors that you can't even imagine because how can you imagine a color that you've never seen? Yes. But there's colors that we don't see on a human level that exist. And there's sounds that we don't hear like a dog whistle, right? Like we don't hear a dog whistle. Does that mean it doesn't exist? Cause we can't hear it. Yeah. Well, it still exists. It's just on a different, like, energy or a different dimension to us yeah Yeah, and it's like there's so much sounds and tastes and flavors and colors and things that we don't see as humans but they still exist they're just not there and even um how they 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 talk about with dmt how you can like microdose dmt and um you know silicon valley have you heard of that Mm -hmm. it's like the uh i'm gonna get it so wrong i can't remember the state but it's like an area within america where you've got all of um like where like Windows and Apple and um, all the you know the big uh, um, like tech companies and stuff are yeah all yeah. the big te- tech headquarters um, and then someone's gonna be listening who knows everything out there is be like girl you fucked that up anyway um, and the, where all the big tech um, headquarters are and like a lot of people in Silicon Valley are said to microdose DMT because that's where they get all their creative ideas about tech and things because yeah. they see things on another level yeah and like, you really- can get there naturally like mm-hmm. and. Yeah, there's, and it's actually the perfect example of like, you know how you said that you there's these colours and these sounds and these tastes and things that you can't experience because you can't imagine them. That's like, that's exactly like your belief systems. That's yes. like, you can't experience, you can't imagine what it feels like to feel like how we're talking because you haven't experienced it. So you can't even imagine what that feels like. So you just go, that's not possible. Yeah. I'm going to put that over there. Those girls are crazy. Yeah. I'm just going to fire that over there because that's actually not real. And you your belief system is determining that it's yeah. determining what is and isn't real and it's and it's not something that there's no truth in in anything i don't no. believe in no. the whole world like, there's either. no truth so you know whatever someone tells you that's just you know that's just their opinion that's just what they've learned that's their belief system so there's always so much possibility when you work with your belief systems to experience something new and that's part of what i do as well it's like putting it in like let's put in what it feels like now that we've let go of that belief that you're not good enough let's put in what it feels like to feel good enough can you imagine that version of yourself now living life you know what are you doing now that you truly believe that you're good enough and they're like oh my gosh I've, I've quit my job and I'm doing this and they can see it mm. because that belief's not there closing and they feel it and they feel it and they can't they can now they can now see a brighter future because that belief's gone and it's only those belief systems that are stopping them from seeing those new colors yes. from imagining that new life like yeah 
it always comes back to that and that's the same thing like you can you if you really worked hard at it and you meditated and you got into these hypnotic states and you were you know activating your pineal gland and working it like a muscle you would start to have a greater sense of seeing things your intuition would be crazy high like it's all about you know where focus goes energy flows and you would you would start to sort of make that come to life and you would start to see those things that you want to see and yeah yeah, but the belief system is so similar to that. Like, it's the perfect example. <laughs> I literally spoke in my last, I'm, I'm fairly sure it was in my most, most recent podcast episode, about how um, our brain's actually designed and we can literally delete information as it comes in. So um, if it doesn't fit within our belief system. So if we have a belief system and someone says something that would almost distort our perception of what we believe our brain literally deletes it so we actually don't remember hearing it we we never heard it we never saw it It wasn't part of our reality because our brain shuts it out and deletes it um or it distorts it so what they say it twists what they said all of a sudden they could have said it in a tone we wholeheartedly believe it was in a different tone shift it in the tone to align with what they meant so then one of the things i i get my clients to do and joe Dispenza talks about this all the time about how visualization is so powerful because it allows your body to feel a new feeling or project a thought or experience that you've never felt or don't know how to feel and then you get into the body and then that's how visualization can work Mm. but one of the things i use is like a question with my clients like when they get in these moments of this isn't going to work. And manifestation is a huge one when they have these blocks to like manifesting or the law of attraction and they're like writing something down and then they start feeling into that negative energy of this isn't going to work or whatever. And you can do it with like anything beliefs about career or whatever, Mm. stopping and asking yourself, like when you get caught in that moment of like, what if this was possible? Yeah. What if this did work? Mm. And it's like, so with manifestation, it's like, I want to manifest my dream house. Oh, it's not even going to work what if I could manifest it? Mm. That instantly in a second, it doesn't take any time. It's literally two seconds. You can literally feel your body's energy Mm. shift into possibility, which is going to be more of an attracting energy. Same thing with like um, career relationships. You know, I'll never find someone better than this or I'll never have that career. What if I could have that career? And all of a sudden, like your body physically and your mind and all everything that's like sparking is like in that imaginative state, which is like getting you into... Yeah, that attracting energy consciousness 100 which is so crazy and i feel like i'm like literally look at the time and i feel like we could talk about so much even we're, we're not even we're not even oh, when we were talking before the podcast even when we're talking about how like the subconscious mind is like closed at what or like you oh, have a conscious yeah. thought and it pulls yeah. something into subconscious and i'm like there is so much we could go into, but it's literally <laughs> we might have to do part two um yeah. so one way i want to wrap it up and this is pretty big so you can take some time to think if you want to but if you were to say to anyone listening right now what's one or two shifts or actions or things that they could start implementing in their day-to-day life Mm. to get into either a more conscious state or heal their body or take care of themselves like anything that you intuitively feel that is a good message right now yeah okay so the first one would be to quit like if you're stuck in a negative mindset um and you know you're, you're like quite constantly feeling anxiety depression or you know you're struggling day to day the biggest thing that i always get people to do is to start to catch their thoughts which is like what you were just talking about so 
the first the first step to changing anything is becoming aware that you need to change something mm. so an emotion is a is like a, a red flag a negative emotion is a red flag and there's really like Tony Robbins says there's no such thing as a negative emotion a negative emotion is just a message that something's wrong it's not you're not just feeling that by chance a negative emotion is something's wrong so when you're feeling angry sad whatever it is you need to stop and you need to become aware of the thoughts that you're thinking because a lot of the time our thoughts are just controlling us. It's like yeah. they're in full control. They're, we're going off into these fantasies and we're letting them take control. So the first thing that you can do and the best thing that you can do ever is to become aware of your thoughts because your thoughts are just thoughts. They're not you. So kind of getting above yourself and, and, and catching those thoughts like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this negative feeling now, which means I must have some thoughts going on. What have I been thinking about? And then when the thoughts come up, catch them and start to question everything. Question everything. When you're having negative feelings, just question everything. So you think, you know, like the example of, oh, you know, this isn't going to work for me. Why won't this work for me? You know, that's the question that you would ask back to yourself. Well, why won't this work for me? And write it down on paper because nothing ever works for me. Well, why does nothing ever work for me? Because it never has. Well, why has nothing, why has it never worked for me? Because I'm, I'm not good enough. Okay, well, there's your belief, I'm not good enough. So now you know that you've got something that, that you need to work on. So you know that you, you know, you've found that belief, you've found what's driving that thought because that thought isn't truth. So catching the thoughts and becoming aware of the thoughts is the first and most important step. If you're just gonna continue to let your thoughts control you then you're never going to be able to change them and they really are just thoughts and you do have control over them and the second thing would be to the, the flow I think I've talked about the flow a couple of times I feel like everyone at the moment is just there's so much self-help out there there's so many programs there's so much and there's there's so many people that come to me that are working on themselves which is amazing but they're all almost stuck in working on themselves like they're yeah. consciously they're always going to see a new guru or a new person or this or that. And, and anytime they feel a negative emotion, they're not just questioning it and then breaking it down and moving through it. They're getting stuck in it. And they're like, okay, well, this means that I've got anxiety. This means that I've got depression and they're labeling it and they're diagnosing it. And they're not just going, okay, like, what is it? I've broken it down. Now I'm just going to flow through it. Maybe I'm feeling a bit sad, maybe, and this is the reason why I've, I've identified that now. So now I'm just going to work through that and I'll come up the other side. I'll come back up and then maybe I'll come back down and there'll be something else I need to know. Or maybe I just didn't get any sleep. You know, like some people are like, oh, I've got anxiety, but they've got a newborn and they haven't been sleeping. Well, there's a there's a physical reaction there that there's a reason behind that. Yeah. Like, so, you know, kind of allowing us like being more gentle and flowing and, and being okay with the down and the up and the down and the up and just kind of letting things be like mm. not being so attached to the story and it feels like what I'm saying is contradicting but it's kind of like a two-step process it's like okay well this is the belief that I've created from what happened to me but what happened to me really doesn't matter because it's in the past I'm gonna let go of that belief let myself feel down move through it and then I'm gonna flow again and that's basically all you can do. And if you get stuck and you are stuck and you're down and you can't find those beliefs yourself, because sometimes it's hard. Like I can't even do it sometimes. I have to go and see someone to because I, I think I know and then I get all confused. So, yeah. you know, if you get stuck down and you've got a week of every day you're feeling like shit, then, then something's going on. Like yeah. you can't shift it. But if you've got days here and there, just flow. 
So yeah, I think that would be like the, like I feel like that's what people need to hear right now. Like it's okay to be down, but if you're stuck down, start to question yourself. Start to dig. We we can monitor. But so much that we can't see too. And so like I completely honor that. Just be be in the flow. Especially like, yes, guys, but girls too. Like we have a lot more hormones going up and down and up and down and up and down around our cycles. We are very, like we're going to hit harder on both ends of the spectrum. And like that's okay. Like and yeah. That's not, part of the feminine. That's it? part of the feminine. Is like go, go with the flow. It's the bottom line. So I think that's a great piece of advice. And Lots of people are really going to value that, but I definitely think we should do part two. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but so um, yeah, um, thank you so, 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 so much for um, carving time out of your day today, which has now been about three hours out of your, <laughs> out of your day between our chat before and this. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting soon in the future. And I guess the last thing, maybe the very, very last thing is where can people find you? Yeah. So Instagram is pretty good. Yeah. Um, so it's, just aruka at aruka.com.au and you can get to my website through there you can have bookings through there so there's a few different types of bookings at the moment there's like a normal one hour session and then there's like a two hour session which is like more coaching about you know the lymphatic system mindset changing like your beliefs setting new goals creating new routines like just kind of a bit more in depth um but yeah basically just instagram or facebook it's just aruka um on facebook as well and you can get some i always post post on there like little bits of content tips ways to help yourself and I'm definitely gonna now that I'm better gonna get more active on there so yeah and yeah www.aruka.com.au as well if you want to check out the website and perfect I might I'll I'll pop um I'll pop the your Instagram and website in the show notes so anyone listening can just click straight through but um (laughs) other than that thank you so much Jess pleasure thanks for having me (laughs) 